This episode of the This Is Reportage podcast is sponsored by DreamBooks Pro. Choosing an album supplier is a super important thing as we need so many elements. The wow factor, extremely high quality printing and production, a quick and consistent turnaround time, intuitive software to help us design and friendly support people who get back to us quickly. Yep, we want a lot and DreamBooks Pro deliver on it all. Don't just take my word for it either, as they are the album supplier of choice and raved about by so many world-class photographers, many of whom I've interviewed on this podcast actually, including our current photographers of the year, Jesse and Moira Laplante, previous potties, Eve Sheppers and Fabio Mirulla, Doc Day founders Kevin and Annie Kafash, and Victor Lax, to name just a few. Originally from Portugal, they are present in more than 30 countries worldwide and have 40 years of history. Listeners to our podcast can also get an exclusive 25% discount on an order. Just head to dreambookspro.com forward slash TIR and leave your email on a simple form to get it. I'll also include the link on this episode's page on thisreportage.com. Thanks to Dreambooks Pro for sponsoring this episode. Hi and welcome to episode 133 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. My guest this week is one of Ireland's very best documentary wedding photographers, the fab Shane O'Neill. Winner of six Reportage Awards and two Story Awards, speaker at the inaugural Doc Day, an all-round lovely guy, Shane shares so much on the episode, including how he got into documentary at college and getting his first wedding, getting in the zone when shooting back-to-backs, something we don't talk about too much, group shots and couple time, working with videographers, the story behind one of his specific Reportage Awards, workflow, why images in 16.9 format can be so effective, like in one of his Story Awards, tips for if you're feeling a bit stagnant, speaking at Doc Day and why you should attend the next one and so much more. Before we get on to Shane, just a few little things from me. Um, The first thing, big exciting news is that a couple of days ago we announced our This Reportage and This Reportage family Christmas party. Yay! Which is, yeah, really exciting. I always love our Christmas parties. They're always such a fab event. Yeah, love it. Um, if you don't know, if you've never been to one before, that it's a totally free event uh, exclusively for this reportage and this reportage family members. Um, and members can bring along a guest too. So and that guest can be whoever you want, your friend, partner, person you're having that secret affair with. We don't judge, you know, all welcome. Um, so yeah, bring them along as well. And it's, it's not a workshop, it's not talks or anything, it's just an excuse really for us all to get together and let our hair down at the end of another season, really. And yeah, I mean, I, I love the kind of online community that we have with TIR, but it's, you know, real life meetings are just where it's all at. That's where you form relationships and that's where... I just love it. It's just fab meeting people in real life in the flesh. And, you know, we've had part the, at our parties before, people have come from all over the world and... Yeah, people have been already been RSVPing, and so yeah, really excited. We've got the whole exclusive uh, venue in London, a new venue for us. It's on Monday, the eleventh of December, twenty twenty three. If you want to come along, as I say, it's free for for members. All you need to do is you need to RSVP if you want to come along. So yeah, visit the link in the members area or the latest newsletter or in the private Facebook group, and you must RSVP so we get you on the guest list so you can come along. Second news is that the awards deadline is just a few days away now, and 
Yes, this one does fall on a Saturday. So the deadline is 23.59 BST on the 23rd of September. So when this episode comes out, it's just a couple of days away. I'm sorry that it's a Saturday this time. I know that's not ideal for, for wedding photographers, especially who generally shoot on Saturdays. But the way it's just the way the TIR website works is that the awards deadlines are on the same dates every year. So sometimes it falls on a Saturday, rarely, but sometimes it does. This one is a Saturday, so make sure you get those entries in, you know, in good time if you're shooting. It's always good to submit before, you know, days before the deadline anyway. Try not to leave it to the last minute, as I say, lots of times in the newsletter and Facebook group as well. Uh, third little thing from me is that personally, um, I've mentioned before, I'm doing two workshops in October in the UK. My Manchester date has sold out, but there are still a few places left on my Cornwall workshop, which is on October the 11th, 2023. So if you fancy that, head to alanlawphotography.co.uk and you can uh, find details and sign up there. Right, over to Shane. Hey Shane, how you doing? Hello Mr Law, how are you doing? I'm really good as well, thank you. Yeah, how, how, how are you? How's things over with where you are? Good, I mean, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's July, so it's all nice and quiet, you know, not much happening around here. <laughs> and, uh, but no, I'm, I'm only kidding. It's, uh, You're right in the thick of things. Yeah, kind of just, it, it, it just, it, every July, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, you're perfectly streamlined workflow up until June, and you're like, I, at last I have this cracked, getting stuff turned around quickly for clients and everything, and then all of a sudden in July, and uh, boom, and all of a sudden before you know it, you have six or seven in the queue, but all good. I mean, it's it's great, it's nice to be traveling and going to different places, and so it's not really a complaint, I guess. Oh no, it's good. It's it's good to be busy, but I'm yeah, I hear you there about the backlog. It's never nice to get, have that backlog going up, is it? Do you do many kind of like back to backs, you know, like literally the day after and stuff? Yeah, I, I've done. Uh, I'm just in the back of a three in a row, which oh. is rare. I, I wouldn't usually do it. One was a reschedule from COVID, funnily enough. So that's probably what uh, put that one in there. But it, it's funny, kind of. I, I I find that that there's one hidden benefit to to working um uh, so well, like, so tightly and putting so many together it's be, it's that you're you're kind of super limbered up you know that uh by the time you get to the third wedding it's there's a lot of stuff coming very very easily to you like and your anticipation levels are tend to kind of um become hypersensitive so you end up getting really good stuff i find you know that is a good point, actually. Yeah, because it's like like the opposite end of the scale of that is when you've had like a long winter off and you come to photograph your first wedding, you know, in maybe March and April and, and you're really rusty. I guess that's the opposite. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I find even just say for, for like a winter wedding, you might have like three weeks to, to, to plan it in advance in your mind. You're going to go, right, I'm going to do this narrative and I'm going to make it lovely. And and then when it comes to summer, then you just don't even have time to think. You just, you're, mm. you're here bed the night before, getting an air code to try and uh, make sure that you're going to be at the bride's house on time, you know, like, and, and you're diving in. So you're getting completely different images, but uh, definitely not worse, if you know what I mean. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's all, all interesting. And those three in a row that you've done recently, are they all kind of like long full days? Do you, do you shoot like, I know some photographers these days, like the young guys, not me, not me, shoot like right to the end, like 2 a.m. or something. Are you, are you not doing that, are you or are you? No, no, no. I wouldn't do a 2 a.m. or now. But at the same time, I wouldn't have a cutoff point either. Like I wouldn't um, say to someone, like if I was staying late, 
uh, that like it's 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. Sorry, uh, you know, uh, dance now or get the arm out of here. But like, I, I would right. be like that. I just like people to enjoy their day and just the evening happens as it happens. And it's normally around about the half 10 mark. Um, but most of the work I do in uh, is outside Waterford. It's more than an hour away from where I live. Um, and most of the weddings I shoot, particularly in summertime, um, would be until dancing. Um, so, but I'd normally stay for about a half an hour dancing and then I just, you know, peel away. Uh, right, yeah. Save wow. it in advance before we get, you know, before the dancing starts because it's impossible. Otherwise, you know, uh, and uh, yeah. That so, is true, actually. Do you do that? Yeah, that's a good idea. I never really do that. There we go. Top tip number one. Yeah, uh, saying goodbye before the, the dancing begins. It's the only way to do it. I mean, uh, and then you can like have, uh, you know, a meaningful critique of the day and you can, uh, you know, like talk about a few different things rather than just kind of high-fiving and running out the door. Like, uh, but um, yeah, it's so, you know, it, it's, you know, the music starts, it's loud, they're in the middle of the dance floor and it's just, it can be awkward to say goodbye. So uh, always <laughs> goodbye in advance. That is a good tip, Shay. <laughs> Do you know, I've never, ever thought of that. And, you know, I've not been cheating as long as you, but I've done a lot and like, you know, 370 weddings. I've never thought of doing that before. I should do that. Yeah, because it's always like shouting at them like, over the mega loud dance floor. It's like, bye, it's been so great. And yeah, can yeah. just do it. And then always some kind of correspondence, you know, like as in, you know, it's not just goodbye and them saying goodbye there. Uh, did you get this? And uh, you know, and it's, yeah. So uh, so yeah, you go. straight in, boom, with a great tip there in the first few minutes, Shane. I like that. That is very good. Um, and you mentioned there then uh, Waterford. Is that so? That's where you're based. That's it. You're in Ireland, aren't you? I'm so bad with geography. I know you're in Ireland though, but so you're in Waterford. Is that right? Yeah. So Waterford is in the southeast, um, and it's um, it's a small enough city, about like probably the fifth or sixth biggest city in Ireland. Okay. Um, but uh, most of the work that I do uh, is outside Waterford for various different reasons um and reasons which i like as well i have to say uh, you know I, I i do have a bit of wanderlust in me and you know by going to far off locations it's the only way really to kind of uh to uh you know fulfill that wanderlust i guess because you know the places that you end up like i mean with a camera uh it still fascinates me you know still does that's uh, cool so, and you must have some beautiful places in ireland as well to, to see yeah there's one or two i mean like <laughs> You know, that's the thing. It's like you'd always have your, your major tourist hotspots and so on like that. Like I mean, but it's um, it's the places that you don't expect to be nice, and it doesn't even have to be pretty as such. But it could be like certain areas. The people are just particularly nice there. Or you know, um, uh, you kind of just see how how other parts of Ireland get by, and particularly up north of Ireland when you're up there, I'm always like you know. Uh, could have fascinated with the way they do things up there and Donegal again it's Donegal is I'm up there next week funnily enough and I'm looking forward to it but I'd probably never be there otherwise you know only for uh I I am I, um, I have couples who are willing me to take take me uh, all that way that is cool it's one of the best things about what we do actually isn't it and similar for me even as you know I shoot loads outside of Cornwall and it's lovely to it's, I go to places I, I would never go like you're saying as well and yeah, it's a good plus of our job, just seeing other bits of the, of even our own countries. It's cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Cornwall's on the list now, but it ain't easy to get there, funny enough. But uh, <laughs> It is nice. You did come. It's, it is nice. It's fine. Yeah, I know. I, it's definitely on the list. Although apparently it's, uh, 
it's quite popular there now, isn't it? Like it's it's just like yeah, mayhem of tourism. That is true, especially or it was yeah in the COVID times as well, and I think that just helped its popularity. Um, yeah, that's true. But you, but you can fly from how far are you from Dublin then? How long does it take you to drive to Dublin? Two hours to the airport. Um, okay, that's the thing. Actually, Waterford is really well connected. Funny enough, even though we're down the southeast, you know, uh, Cork is two hours away, Dublin two hours away. You get to Limerick in two hours, Galway three and a half. So basically, all the main parts of the country you could get there pretty quickly yeah, that's um, cool so you can fly to Newquay in Cornwall from Dublin direct yeah I'd say if I was going to go to Cornwall I'd probably end up getting the boat and driving down oh, okay cool yeah, yeah. so like because yeah because by the time you get to Dublin and then Newquay and then rent the car and then that's true so yeah so where'd you get the boat to? Where where in Cornwall? So well, you don't get to Cornwall. You get it to uh, Ross Laird Fishguard. Uh, What's that? Yeah, so Fishguard is in Wales. Oh right, oh it's a quite a fair drive from yeah. Wales though. Still, exactly. so as you get, I, like I've already done the journey plan for Cornwall, and it's like, yeah, maybe not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a mission, bit of a mission, but it'd be yeah. worth it. It'd be nice. Someday. Um, Shane, let's let's go. Let's talk. Let's go back the years. Let's go. Let's talk about how you got into it all. And I read that it was in college where you really got into documentary, where you spent uh, two weeks documenting the bin men of Waterford. Sounds like a bit of a rubbish assignment. Sorry, bad dad. <laughs> no, but can you tell us yet yeah, more about that and how you ended up getting your your first wedding after that? So, um, <clears throat> I guess like just if you took it from college, because you can make this a really really long story if you wanted. But from college, say. I went to a college called Dunleary College of Art and Design, which is now IADT. It's changed its name, but it was almost a, a, a really good um, college and really good course. But the course that I did was commercial photography. Mm-hmm. And um, I always wanted to be uh, a commercial photographer. I, I always wanted to kind of go down the route of sort of those high technical, you know, like if you had a glossy magazine, for instance, like, I mean, it could be a perfume bottle or it could be a... Uh, the inside of a watch or something like that but that was the route that I wanted to go down um, so when I got to Dunleary and I got into it it was um, um, I uh, found that there were because the course itself was so hands-on like I mean like that it's just take for instance the, the another course in DIT um, in, in Dublin was the first six months of it was was um, all theory so it was basically all books and um, books only whereas in Don Leary, the first thing that they did was they gave you 20 rolls of film. Um, uh, they gave you, uh, you know, um, a lot of printing paper and the best darkroom in Ireland and said, go off and take photos, you know. So That's cool. uh, it, it used to attract a lot of people who didn't want to be commercial photographers, but pretended to be uh, commercial photographers in order to get access to this brilliant equipment. And uh, OK, yeah. So that's what that's where that started. So basically what happened was um, a lot of those art photographers came along and uh, sort of indirectly exposed me to the work that they were doing. So um, the big one for me would have been, at the time, would have been Martin Parr. Mm-hmm. Where, um, when I saw this guy's work, I was like, holy crap, you know, like uh, I, I just couldn't get over how the ordinary everyday life could be uh, elevated in such a way, you know, and, and I identified with so much that I've seen in the images and for the first time, I thought like, wow, I mean, I 
I I I can be part of this world. I can I can I can show my world and make it look interesting. And uh, so it, it really um, just caused me to change direction on, on where I wanted to go as a photographer. Um, so in second year in college, then we had to do uh, a, a documentary. Uh, photography. So all, basically, there were six or seven different modules, and one of the modules was just happened to be documentary photography. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was two weeks we had off college, and just choose any topic that you want. Um, uh, um, and I just thought about why not do the bin man? It gave me an opportunity to stay in Waterford. I didn't have to go to Dublin, um, and uh, I, I just literally got permission, jumped on board with these guys, and, and travelled around with them for two weeks, and. That was it. Like so, that set me off on that trajectory. I I I produced images that I loved the look of. They were in black and white. And was it I, all on film still then? Yeah, all on film, of course. Yeah, this was nineteen ninety eight. Oh right, okay. So, right. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's showing my age here as well. <laughs> uh, so so basically, then fast forward, say um, uh, about five or six years later, and then uh, a friend of mine. Was getting married. You know, at this time I wasn't working in photography. I, you know, I, I, I had cameras and I never lost it. But I, I always felt I was probably too young to become a professional because back then, you know, you know, you get these really established, like you know, uh, Goliaths. You know, and I just felt that I would never be taken seriously. And uh, so I just got various different jobs. And uh, but anyway, a friend of mine asked me to photograph his wedding, and I said I will. I said, but can I? do it my way and that way was I set nothing up so it was a time now he had another photographer and the other photographer was a very well established guy who would do what they've done for generations before that which was set everything up and it was what people wanted and it's what photographers did so it was a perfect uh, marriage in that regard um, but I just came along this one day and I literally photographed everything I remember there was like um it was a, a rural wedding and the bride's mother was making a big stew at 12 o'clock in the day on a hot summer's day. And I photographed that uh, as a background to the wedding. And it just stuck out, you know, because like it was nobody would ever photograph something like that. Why would you do that? It's a wedding for Christ's sake. What do you want to photograph a stew? On a <laughs> yeah. um, but what happened then from that was then uh, when I sent him on the images and he showed somebody and then they showed someone and then the phone started ringing and someone said, look, I saw those pictures and I love them. Can you do it for me? And and uh, and pretty much that's where it all kind of came from. Um, and I kind of, about three or four years after that, then I went into a full-time photography. And um, But I always classified myself as a, a documentary photographer, purely because it's what I like to do as opposed to, you know, the whole setting up thing. So... Yeah, I know that's so cool. That's so cool to hear about how it all began for you like that. That is, as you said, like the perfect marriage. So that first wedding, they had that traditional photographer as well as you. That's right, isn't it? That's what you said. Yeah, and it's funny because like, I mean, and a huge coincidence in my life is that I'm living right now uh, in a house which borders um, a, a, a photographer uh, from from Waterford. His name is Joe McGrath and he was like, like the go-to guy, like particularly in the 80s. And, you know, all the setups were on film. Like, I mean, he shot, like, you know, three rolls per wedding and so on and that. Like, but what he actually did was he made his garden into, uh, like, this, the, the place where you go to get your photographs taken after the wedding. So right. it's hilarious. Like, I'm, I'm actually, I, I'm looking at it right now, like, the whole area that he used. So uh, it, it's funny kind of how it evolved, really. Like, here I am, 
uh, circle. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that is surreal. That's real, man. Uh, uh, no, that's so cool, though. It's so cool. And that whole that two week with the bin man. Um, were, were you getting up at like four or five in the morning or something? And we, yeah, just following them on the the big like garbage truck and stuff. Then. Yeah. So like back then, it was it went a ticket. It was getting up at I don't know eight o'clock ish there thereabouts. Like I mean, and uh, yeah, uh, back then it was uh, slow to rise. I would have been uh, very much a night owl. Uh, so it was it was tough work and that like um, but it was tough work for them too because it was back before uh, wheelie bins it was sort of that era when they physically uh, pick the bins up and throw them in and people would throw it anything like back then they were known as the ash men Uh, maybe that's because people used to put their you know from burning fires put the ash into the the bins and then they throw them in like but it was hard hard work and I remember even back then, you know, you know, saying to myself, "Jesus, I, uh, I don't want to do this," you know. <laughs> yeah, gosh. Uh, but it, but they were really, really amazing people. It was great. It was great fun. It was, you know, they, they were all brilliant friends, and and uh, and that's one thing that came across in the images, you know, like that, um, the camaraderie, uh, which was brilliant. That's really cool, man. That's cool that you captured something like that. It'd be, it sounds like something that these days, um, you know, the big like kind of foundation workshop that like kind of Fearless um, used to do. And, and now I think Tyler Workin owns it. It sounds like the kind of assignment that people would go on on that. You know that thing I'm talking about? Haven't a clue what you're talking about. Oh, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> there's, a, there's a big like multi-day, they call it like foundation workshop where they, um, people have like two or three really top mentors and as part of that they go out on assignments and they document something like that and um yeah like and it's something that we'd do but it sounds great i mean and like there's stuff happening today that will have relevance in 20 30 years time uh it's just that when you're living it and you know everyday life and so on like that like it's it's difficult to see it but um but but yeah like i mean even i'd still like to to do it i'd actually love to go back and reshoot that project with the same camera, the same gear, the same equipment, uh, just yeah. the crack. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that would be quite a project, though. That would be pretty cool, wouldn't it? It'd be so oh, different now to when you captured it back then as well. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, uh, no, I, 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 I just couldn't go back to film, unfortunately, as much as I love it. I, know I have like a heap of film gear here in my office, like, but I, I remember um, about two years ago, I, I tried to shoot a wedding in film thinking like yeah this would be great and uh but my god impossible absolutely impossible we're just fine with digital yeah i can't imagine man i obviously i've never i've never done it and i just can't imagine mega respect to people who do but it's very trendy these days as well though now you could you know add another like five figures to your fee or something you know if you could do a film yeah six maybe uh yeah (laughs) (laughs) you'd need it with the processing costs alone no it's it's um it's lovely uh and and uh, it, I can appreciate a good film photograph, but like I, I there's no way I'm digital all the way now, and like that's it, unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. no, it's nice having to play around and a bit of fun every now and again. And a disposable camera is great cracking, but yeah, no, yeah, it's not the whole thing. No, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. So, do you remember when you made the point where, even at that point of transition from you? Obviously, you spoke that you had like a day job. Do you remember when you went from the day job and it was like, right, I'm going to do weddings full time? 
Yeah, kind of. I mean, like when I left my day job um, uh, and went at photography full time, um, it was funny because in the lead up to leaving the job, uh, like I found that when I got home, it was a nine to five job. It was a great job. And uh, what was uh, it? What were you doing? It was a trader, believe it or not. That's what what it was. um, and it was for um, working for uh, like it wasn't like Wall Street trader and that it was uh, it was a local business that basically sold food um, goods worldwide and you'd buy it at one price and sell it on at a marginally higher price like ah cool okay. is that like trading but, places no not as fun as trading places oh, I love uh, that film though but, Don't they, it's all about belly pork a part part of that though isn't it Remember, isn't it belly pork well, oh, yeah actually pork ribs were the big one that huh? was there you go. <laughs> uh, pork ribs into the North American market was like basically what 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 this business is mainly about and oh, okay but anyway it was uh, it was great and, and I had a, a really cool boss there who I'm still friends with today and um uh, but what happened was I like when I got home from work say when I was doing that day job I, I'd usually have an elixir or something you know that I'd have to work on that night or a little personal project at the time like I mean I had all my digital gear and so on and that like I I, I photographed as a hobby and uh, uh, but people knew me as a photographer so I, you know you'd often get a, a knock on the door and someone asking me for a photograph and of course I'd always find it hard to say no so I'd end up doing it so when it did come to uh, to going into photography full time, I think this was about two thousand and six, not right. quite sure. It could be earlier, but about that time anyway. Um, uh, that I basically hit the ground running, you know. Um, and back then, I I did a bit of everything uh, because I wanted to, and it was nice to do a bit of commercial and a bit of press stuff and a bit of whatever really came your way, you know. Like uh, so. It, it was easy in, in that regard. Uh, the press work was interesting, but I used to hate the way that you had to caption every photograph you took had to be bloody captioned. And it was, yeah, right. Oh God, it was painful. Um, so yeah, so so that's kind of how I started, and that's how I went into it. But um, yeah, the wedding work, even though I did some cringy shit with weddings, <laughs> I mean, like what? What do you mean? Like what? Like oh, what? Like you know, I, I will say in my defence. I mean, I still was largely documentary, but you know, back then, like you're just, you're not sure if the clients are going to fully, fully get this documentary thing. So you end up doing mm-hmm. a few images that you think they might like, you know, and, uh, oh yeah, like heart shaped, heart shaped like, groups. Like, look at this fucking watch outside the church and, you know, like this kind of bullshit. Oh, okay. mm-hmm. But anyway, luckily <laughs> I, 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 I copped on quickly enough and, and I, I, uh, I parked all that stuff. No, that's cool. Cool. <laughs> that's cool. And and dude, your work is so good. It's so good. And I wanted to talk about specifically one of your specific reportage awards, actually. Um, I, I love and it's the one you're going to know it, the one with the waitress like spilling champagne everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. One. That one, with, yeah. yeah with the guests like dramatically moving out the way to escape getting wet. It's such a fab capture. Can you tell us more about that shot? Do you remember capturing it? Yeah, no, I do. I remember um, it, it was at a, a wedding in in a Powers Court up in Wicklow, and uh, it, it was a, it was a lovely wedding. It was uh, an American Irish wedding, um, but most of the guests were over from America. And at that moment, what was happening was um, to the left of that scene where, where family photographs happening. 
Um, and it was happening in the middle of the drinks reception, which is carnage to do. But anyway, it was uh, uh, it was happening. And um, so I was just keeping an eye on things to my right. And I could see that this waitress who was, uh, she was absolutely smashing. I think she was French, but she was nervous. I think it was her first day in the job or she wasn't that long, definitely anyway. And um, so she had the tray in her hand. I remember someone reached over to take one of the one of the flutes. But whatever happened anyway, she uh, tipped it slightly and the poor waitress could see what was happening. So even though it was it looks like it was a, a, almost like a lucky capture, it just kind of happened. It took about two seconds to happen. So I swung the camera around and I just, uh, you know, hit the shutter just as, as it all unfolded. And it turned out to be a great capture. It was the the woman to her right uh, was kind of the overreaction really, really made it. You know, it was kind of like as if it was. It is that reaction that it really makes it, isn't it? Yeah, because you do see, you know, there's quite a lot of glasses falling over, but it's to get a reaction like that in the same shot. And they framed it to get, yeah, the whole movement of the glasses and the reaction in the same shot. It's such a great image, man. It's so cool. And it's so fab that you had that awareness whilst you were doing the group photo. So even more respect for that, you know, because for me, myself, when I'm doing the group shots, you know, I don't think I am paying enough attention to the other stuff that's around me i'm just thinking really of the groups and i, I should be more aware of what's going on yeah i mean it, it depends really i guess like that uh, you know i i feel in a lot of ways like that that the photography part of it is second nature to me uh, like that i can intuitively capture as i go like i mean i i shoot on cameras that i i don't like i often don't look through the, the viewfinder uh, I can kind of shoot from the hip because I know that 28 mil is going to capture a bit of that side of it a bit. But I find like that, say, for instance, with family photographs, that's a really, really good time to get those kind of images. Like something, anything happening that looks like it's spontaneous um, in between those photographs, like uh, it, it's fair game for me. And I, I usually kind of just dive in on it. But yeah, yeah family photographs, uh, they happen. They always happen. And uh, they can take up a chunk of time so it's it's worthwhile trying to grab something in between. Yeah, it makes total sense. And I oh, I should do that more. And like, yeah, I really should. I'm always like, I just want to get these groups done quite quickly. And then I can focus more on the other moments. But I should be thinking like, I can be getting moments during the groups as well. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's good I mean, advice. It's, it's, you know, it, it, like a wedding starts at, say, 10 a.m. and it finishes at 10 p.m. The, between prep and dancing. So, like, everything in between that time is it's fair game oh yeah totally and important to get yeah and that's such a great shot do you talking about groups we don't talk about it often but i still you know most of us do that as well do you still do groups for like all your weddings or do you, do you have some that don't have any don't want any groups so like you're talking about the big big group shot well just no no just i mean like any groups like like any set groups you know like are the bridesmaids the grooms yeah. or anything yeah it's unusual if they don't happen um, right. uh, and I actually don't mind them to be honest. With you. It's it's fine. Um, I, I think actually that a lot of people who who come to me asking me for information about like you know the wedding day kind of think that I don't do those photographs. Funny enough, like but the opposite is actually the case. Everyone does them. So so like I, I try to do the best I can. I I mean I, I I try to make a nice background. I try to pose them in a nice way. I I, I try to have a bit of fun doing them. I mean, I'm not always the most comfortable doing them. So I sort of make noises and I have this. <laughs> you make noises? What, what noises, Shane? I have a thing over the years that, that like, I, and if anyone who uh, has had me as a wedding photographer probably knows it, that I, 
I when when I have the lineup done, say like just say for instance the bridesmaids or it could be the bride's family or something like that, and I step back and I'm happy with how they look and I I I start taking photographs. But as I'm clicking, I say photo, 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 photo. And I, I don't know why I do it. I mean, I don't know if it's nervousness on my behalf, like because I you know I, I I mean you know I'm I'm not an unconfident person, but I'm I'm certainly not an extrovert, and uh, and people picked up on that, you know and. <laughs> Yeah, you have people coming back to me later on in the night, uh, walking past me with their camera and going, photo, photo, photo. <laughs> I like that. That's so that's funny. Do you, you're not saying photo like outside of the groups when you're just doing normal documentary stuff. You're not saying it then with each frame, are you? Oh, Jesus Christ. No, you'd be, I mean, you'd be <laughs> certified, wouldn't you? Like if you did it all the time. It's just, uh, no, it's, it's just during that uh during the family photographs uh, time, usually, or if there's a if there's something set up, I guess I'm not the most comfortable person at setting people up. Mm. Uh, and, and even though I, I, I think I do an okay job, like it's uh, it's just that it probably helps settle my nerves, I guess. You know, like uh, yeah, no, I understand that. I mean, same for me. My least favorite part of the day um, is the couple stuff. I don't know if you, you do you do couple stuff. You know, some of my couples don't want any. You know, like portraits, couple time. Some of yeah. mine don't want any of that. But for probably eight, probably eighty five percent of the weddings, they still want some of that. And that's that's the time where I get the most kind of bit, you know, anxious or because you feel like it is a time where the photographer's supposed to take more charge. You know, and I I just don't want to be doing that really. Yeah, I totally feel for you there, and and I I. I empathize with you i recognize everything you're saying as well i mean i find there's a couple of things here to say on this one i, I and i'm like i've noticed over the years that like even though you go to some amazing places and uh, epic scenery and you do these epic shots and it's just you know those shoots are great they're great fun to do it's great to visit those locations but you never see those images reemerge after a couple are married. It's always a fairly safe image, isn't it? Like a, their profile picture is fairly safe. And I kind of went over the years, I was like saying, um, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, what's the point in doing these images uh, if, if they're not like uh, being held like in the lofty kind of heights that we all expect them to be held in. So what I do now is I tend to get a really good safe straight on look at the camera use a reflector you know stonewall classic portrait uh usually with the venue in the background and that will do it for me so you know you can have we'll, we'll like i'll tell the story the wedding all day long but this is just one safe image that will probably uh age better like i mean than most of the other kind of things that you might do, you know, when you're out and they're, they're kissing too much and they're, you know, mm, uh, running down an arm, some kind of cringy shit that's just not them, <laughs> you know, it's more the direction of the photographer or the videographer on the day, you know. Well, that's so true. I think and it's probably controversial to say, but I think portraits are a lot, can really be a lot more about the photographer than they are about the couple, really. Yes, without a shadow of a doubt. And I also find that, that, People are way too polite uh, to refuse uh, any request, you know, like, I mean, you might even have a situation where, like, I, you know, a bride might have particularly nice shoes, say, for instance, like, and I recognize that they're good shoes. And uh, I, so I will go to every extreme, every length to make sure that the bride doesn't walk on grass all day long because they're nice shoes. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but then you might get like you know a video that you go, uh, look, will you, I need a shot. Will you just walk across the grass there and walk back again? And she's there, too polite to say no. You know, and it's like, oh God, you know, like uh, it's so. Yeah, it does. It becomes about what they need and what they want. And often it's nice the photographs that that are that are captured and taken. But yeah, it, it, it's I, I I tend to play it safe, and it's bloody safer than I'm getting actually rather than edgier. Well, it makes total sense, though. And I guess people who book us are probably not booking us anyway for those portraits. You know, I show hardly any portraits on my site and the couples that book us don't want that kind of stuff, I guess. Well, that's good. I mean, but I, I do think, though, that uh, if you didn't, like, I mean, offer it at all, like it would be, I got something there, uh, that, uh, you know, it seems to be a deal breaker for some people that it's just that they want the safety net mm. of making sure that you just like for please the parents or please an aunt or make sure like I mean that's it but yeah I, I, I know it's it's funny and, and I even find like that when you're planning the wedding day with uh, with the couple like that you actually spend more time talking about the things that you can plan about the day and then it seems like it's all planned you know like but it's actually the opposite mm. the case that is true do you are you you know do you have much input on their kind of schedule and things or i mean what's your way that you play it do you send out a big questionnaire do you always zoom your couples beforehand do you meet them how do you do it yeah well i think that that the pre-meeting is like uh it's sort of one of the biggest parts of the process really because you get a chance to see them you get a chance to build a rapport now it's mainly on zoom i i lad um 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 but like it's it's an opportunity to uh to you know to to get that kind of side of things um sort which is great it's i find that like but uh, like i i let them you know i invite them to collaborate on the day really i guess you know and to give their input or i'll ask them first how they see the day going and try and build it around that because let's face it like every single wedding that you plan uh, the plan goes out the window on the day of the wedding <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> it's just it never plays out like that but it, it's good it's good to know what was intended i guess really you know? mm, no that's true yeah definitely definitely is but we don't need like a second by second breakdown do we i remember the one i've only cancelled one wedding and that was because they'd booked me about two years in advance and then the bride emailed me at like 2 a.m in the morning and gave me like a second by second breakdown of the procession when each bridesmaid was going to go and i was like wow this is this is not the kind of couple that would be best for me really so yeah, yeah. we don't need that kind of granular detail don't we do we, we don't well no but I, what i actually hate is when if you get like for instance like a member of the bridal party who has that view and they mm. if they're a forceful personality and they know their consumer rights it's like oh jesus christ <laughs> it's gonna be a long day you know like and uh it's um yeah it's it, funny enough it just i it it rarely rarely happens i i I think that people who look at the imagery on my website and, and so on like that, like, I mean, know that their participation is not required and they generally tend to be easygoing people uh, and they're generally happy to put their trust in experts all across their wedding day, you know. So uh, I, I, I very rarely come across uh, bridezillas or any of those kind of types. Yeah, same here, same here. And as you say, and it's, and it's such a great point, it really comes down to what we're showing on our websites. We, you know, we don't show like these glorious, um, perfect princess type portraits or, you know, um, the 
the phrase for a groom as well like and so people know when they come into book for us that where they're not going to be kind of like made to stand in window light and stuff and they can just enjoy the day and that's how that's how i always sell it on my zooms as well like you know i always say in my zooms that literally i want you guys just to not think about the photography on the day and just knowing that it's all you just you know just enjoy getting married and know that it's all being captured yeah i mean and the thing about is that like for me anyway 95 percent of wedding photography is like oh jesus christ you know it's <laughs> It's and I think that often say, particularly on the groom side, like that, like you say wedding photography to them and ask them what they think, and they'll think back over two weddings where they were a groomsman and the cringy shit they were made to do. Like I mean, our you know the two-hour photo session that they were only needed for three minutes on and so on like that. Like I mean, wedding photography can conjure up you know more negative uh, connotations in someone's mind i feel uh which is again why they're probably drawn to the documentary side of things because they know like that well or at least they feel that their day will and hopefully will uh just unfold naturally you know yeah that's so true that's so true cool man this is i'm really enjoying this this is so good um but let's change tack slightly um i think you've listened to a few episodes before so you might know what this little quiz is going to be about you do watch uh, a bit of telly in movies don't you yeah a little bit yeah well not movies now not say. movies so much oh really more tv i, I just more yeah just it, I, i've realized that i don't watch any movies anymore which is not good, but not yeah. good. <laughs> well, I'm looking down the ones I've got for you, and there's only one movie, and it's quite old. So I think you might get it anyway. But um, if anyone's listening for the first time, it's just a little game they're playing, uh, which is I enjoy it anyway. Don't know if the guests do, but <laughs> I hope you enjoy listening at home. And it's I'm going to say a, a movie or a series synopsis, and we're going to see if Shane can get it. And hopefully, you're enjoying uh, playing along at home as well. So, yes, Shane, you ready for your first one? Go for it. Okay, cool. So, this is an old movie. It is old. It's probably. Ooh, 30 years old now, probably. Okay, anyway. So, a small-time Philadelphia boxer gets a supremely rare chance to fight the world heavyweight champion in a bout in which he strives to go the distance for his self-respect. Rocky. Yes, boom. Straight in there. Yes, cool. Yeah. It's a good film, isn't it, actually? I think it's good. I barely remember watching it, I have to say. Uh, but it is good. I remember... Um, Rocky Four, was it? That was the one where he was fighting Dolph Lundgren. Yes, Ivan Drago. Yes, that one, yeah. Yeah, I remember that as well. I think I was I went to the matinee to watch that. I think as a kid, that but that that was like quite harrowing because um, if I know what spoiler, but you know, like Apollo Creed dies, doesn't he, at the beginning of that? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, he does. It's been so long since I've seen that film. Actually, my kids are watching the nineteen thirty nine The Wizard of Oz at the moment. Oh, nice. That is a classic, isn't it? And I realise I've never seen it from start to finish myself, but uh, really, never. <laughs> it's they're but they're absolutely loving it. You know, they uh, they started off kind of with the black and white, but they're like, oh, this is stupid. And then all of a sudden, then like, there's a reason why this film is a classic. You know, uh, where in like 2023, my kids are absolutely hooked on it. You know, and they're roped in. So, oh, that's anyway. cool. So. Hey, so that's a good segue there, and it is quite magic how it goes in the black and white colour. I remember being quite scared the beginning bit, the whole black and white, the whole how she wants to put Toto down or whatnot is scary. I remember yeah, and my kids are big dog lovers as well, and they were like, you know, yeah, they didn't like that bit. But the whole thing is scary. Jesus, God, I'm fucking hell, like, I mean, the, the witch is probably the witchiest witch you'll ever see. Yes, that sounds uh, like that could be a song. The witchiest witch. Have you ever seen um, Wicked, the musical? Uh, no, I haven't. 
Oh, it's so good. If you like Wizard of Oz, because it tells, it's a, oh, it's so good. Wicked is so good. And they're making it into a film, actually, in the next couple of years. It's brilliant. I really recommend that. Say. But let's carry on with your quiz, uh, Shane. Um, so uh, one out of one so far, which is very, very good. Let's go for the second one, which is a series. Um, okay. And it's an old series, though, again. But okay. So three priests try to work together and manage the parish on Craggy Island after the bishop banished them for their actions in the past. Ted! It is, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I've never seen a single episode, though. Ever. Okay, I'll just hang up on you right now. <laughs> is it? Is it one of your faves? Is it class? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, yeah, no, it, it it is. Yeah, it's it's crazy how cult that show is. Like, I mean, and and still to this day, like, I mean, it's uh, it, it's it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. So I've a, a, a funny enough. I, I remember photographing a wedding out in County Clare years ago. And uh, the groom was called Ted. Okay. And uh, he was a really, really nice guy. Just, you know, he was like this. He he had like just a larger than life personality and he was just great crack. And uh, I was telling him about another Ted that I knew from County Clare and uh, Father Ted. And he was like, what? Okay. And I said, well, his house is not too far from here. Um, so he made me take him to Father Ted's house. <laughs> Even though he'd never seen an episode of the show, he just uh, he knew that it was something that we had to do. So um, so we drove to Father Ted's house, which was uh, took longer than I thought. Oh, that's cool! I should watch an episode. I mean, it had a lot of series, didn't it? It was yeah, uh, it had a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, I know it's yeah, it's it's a particular kind of humor, I guess. Like it's very dark humor. Uh, uh, but like, uh, like they're still showing it on TV for Christ's sake, like after all these years. So, uh, maybe it's something you need to get into. Yeah, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it. I remember reading something recently about they were trying to do a Father Ted musical and the, the original writer was like axed from the musical or something. But yeah, Graham, Graham Linehan wasn't he? He was cancelled. Uh, uh, yes, I know. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of a sad story. You, know, you should look it up. Like, this is not the place for it, but no. uh, yeah, Dermot Morgan as well was the main character, and he passed away actually right at the height of all of it, ninety. Uh, mm. So I, I just yeah, um, another father Ted without Dermot Morgan is just a no go for me. Mm. Ah, well, okay, let's go on to your, let's go on to your third one. Uh, this one is a lot harder, and I do save the third one, the hardest one. So no, um, don't blame me if you don't get this one. Okay, so uh, this is a much more modern series. Okay, so a young chef from the fine dining world returns to Chicago to run his family's sandwich shop. Oh my God. And I tell you, this, this show is the bear. And, oh, uh, you man, you get straight uh, in. <laughs> just finished season two. Have you watched it? We're uh, halfway through the second season. Yeah, oh. but it's so good, isn't it? It is exquisite. It's brilliant. Love it. Absolutely love it. So we're, we just finished, uh, finished it last night. And, uh, uh, we watched two episodes last night, but I think just up to like the Christmas, like a Christmas party type episode. Good. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That episode. Oh my God. Did you watch all of that? No, we were hot. We were so tired. We didn't finish it. Actually, we we're about yeah. 15 minutes left. But. We had to, we had to like pause as well. Like, but the cast in that alone, for Christ's sake, we probably should say nothing just in case anyone here uh, listening hasn't seen it. But it, that is, it's a five out of five for me. Uh, yes. So, yeah. It is so good. It's so naturalistic, isn't it? The dialogue, the way they, it's so intense. So It's quite hard to watch at times. It's so intense the way they all speak over each other, like so often, but it's very cool. 
Yeah, and and but that that's I think that's central to it all, and and it's uh, it's probably it's not easy to make that uh, uh, from from the actors like and and but like the whole show, even the first season of it were thirty minute long episodes, and uh, they were brilliant, but they were all tense. Yes, really tense to watch, but that's part of it. It's brilliant, really. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. We've watched it. I'm glad. Yes, so I really recommend that. It's um, Apple TV. People haven't watched it. Yet. Oh no, it's not Apple TV. Sorry, it's Disney Plus, isn't it? I think it's on over here. Yeah, Disney Plus. Yeah, they they got it now. Yeah. So yes. yeah. yeah. So really are you, good. Anything else, are you? Sorry. Are you watching anything else? Uh, no, we're not at the moment. No. What are you? Why are you watching anything else? Yeah. So I, I have. Have you seen? I think you might like this. Have you seen the other two? The other two? No, yeah. I've not heard of that. No. I think it's it's a. Uh, it's basically it's a, it's it's like a, it's a funny, easy, very edgy kind of uh, show to watch. Like they're only about twenty minute long episodes. It's kind of like um, uh, it's like remember Shit's Creek? Have you seen Shit's Creek? Yes, yes. So yeah. all of that, that was fun. But if you like that, you'd like this. It's kind of but it's a much edgier version of it. Basically, it's about uh, um, a brother and sister living in the shadow of their Bieber-esque uh, younger brother. You know and. Uh, um and just kind of watching him navigate his way through fame and all the likes but it's very very funny so oh, that sounds good that sounds good is that netflix or disney what is that on uh i think it's hbo so whatever that is okay yeah i don't know either oh but i'll be able to get it that's cool oh, cool always yeah. like always need a recommendation there's so much good stuff out there isn't there so, oh, it's so awesome. much good stuff just finished watching dave as well have you seen dave uh, Dave, is that Dave? No, I don't think. No, well, no, no, not the Ricky Gervais thing, is it? No, no, no. no the, this is like a, the Jewish white rapper. Oh no, uh, that sounds good though. It's just absolutely hilarious, start to finish. You know, I mean, it's like yeah. So we I generally tend to watch like about an hour, an hour and a half uh, with Eva, my wife. Every night we set aside that time. Kids are gone to bed. Zoom calls are done with clients. I've done a bit of editing in the evening time. And around about, say, 10, 15, 10, 30, we'll watch something for an hour. So we're, we're in limbo at the moment. We don't know what to watch. So uh, Oh, yeah, because you just finished the bear. Yeah. Just finished the bear. We watched a bit of the Wham documentary on Netflix, which is interesting, you know. But uh, so oh, yeah. after that now, so uh, I'm open to suggestions. Oh, yeah. So what did we watch? We, are we Have you watched um, The After Party, which is on Apple TV? No. That is fun. It's like comedy, but different genre as well. So it's a bit like, do you remember the old um, Clue film? Do you ever watch Clue? No. Where, where it's like a murderer and then it's all these guests in the house and you, it's like trying to guess who did the murder type okay, thing. Right. Yeah, but it's over a series. It's like a series. So in each episode has the story, the viewpoint from a different character. But each it's also a different genre every episode. So one's like uh, animated, the one's like musical, the other one's like film noir. It's very clever. It's good. Right. Um, yeah. Notice. Cool. I'm going yeah. to watch that now. The after party. Bring it down as I speak. <laughs> cool, man. Well, I enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that. And well done. Three out of three. Super good. No prizes, I'm afraid. But uh, you oh. get the, the kudos. Kudos is very cool. <laughs> um, let's go back to your photography, Shane. And I wanted to ask you about one of your story awards, actually, as well. So I think it was the first story you won from us. It's so good. Um, as well as, honestly, each image features like moment after moment, which is just incredible. But I wanted to also ask you another specific thing about it because it's also notable that each image is in a, because it's quite different to what we get. Although every image can be uploaded at any ratio on, on TIR. You know, most people stick to the normal kind of three to ratio, but every image in this story is kind of like, it's almost like a widescreen format ratio, isn't it? It's, it's almost 16, nine. What is it? Do you know? 
Yeah, actually, it's interesting you say that because I, I, I thought that portrait format wasn't allowed uh, on TIR because you'd never see one. No, you don't. It's very rare. There have been a few that have, yeah, yeah but it's, it's rare. Like I just yeah. kept on following what everyone else is doing, you know. Uh, but um, I, six, I, I actually don't know what you're talking about, as in, like, I mean, I, I can't remember the wedding, but. Uh, oh, cool. Okay. <laughs> That's but, funny. Uh, it's all in black and white, anyway. And, and every image is like it's almost like a widescreen format that you've chosen i think yeah yeah and which is so cool i love that though and i just wanted to ask it's so effective for each frame i, I just i just want to ask is it something which you you know do you deliver images in that kind of ratio to your clients or was it more of a thing that you did specifically for this kind of submission so i'll tell you exactly like uh, uh, what, what that was like so um, and it's interesting, you like the 16.9 because I, I kind of give up on it. But okay, so um, if I'm editing a wedding and just say I shoot uh, 3,000 images at the wedding and I, I like I do all my own uh, editing and calling and all that kind of stuff. So usually what I do is I, I, I use um, uh, what's a photo mechanic I'd normally use first and I go through it and I basically just pick out the images that are going to make the first cut effectively. Then I bring them into Lightroom and I, as I'm editing, going back through them, I, I, I start picking out my favorites out of all of those. So this is pretty much basically what I, where, where I'm getting to here. So like of say the 3000 images, I probably put that down to 1500 and of that 1500, I will probably select about 150, 200 that I would say best to find the narrative of the day, the best of the, of the story of the day. So I, I then I make them black and white and I crop them to 16.9 and I create a slideshow with those images. Ah, uh, cool. That makes sense. So, so what I've done there, like, so I, I, I output it as a, like a 4K slideshow and I, I, I put some music to it or whatever I can do. But I'd say what I did in that case was I, I just went through it again, uh, all the images I went, I wonder now, could I maybe make a, a this is reportage um, uh, award entry out of this selection of images? Uh, and I'd say that's what happened there. That I, 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 and I put them up, and yeah. So and that's so, but it's so good as well. And they're so effective in that ratio. You know, it's something I've never really tried in my own work. I think a lot of us, I think the majority of us, are so stuck to that three two ratio no even when i'm cropping images i stick to that ratio you know still and it gives you so much freedom to not have to i guess stick to that and yeah, yeah. i don't know but yeah. i didn't even think that was how you even it's so clever that you're doing it for a slideshow first do you deliver that a slideshow before they get the main gallery then yeah so it's, it's kind of it, it's always changing you know like that um so the problem with 16.9 now is that like obviously it doesn't really fit on the various social media platforms like mm. 69 is actually the worst thing you can look at on a on an iphone if, if it's vertical because it's just like this little strip and uh, yeah, it's not very instagram friendly no unfortunately it's not and but and that's <laughs> another story like but uh but but yeah it, it it is it's nice it's kind of cinematic yes uh, uh, and um and sometimes like even if you uh it'll put it with like um with a black line above and a black line below which it can be very effective you know and and it can look really really nice but it yeah, it really only works if unless you turn your phone sideways or unless yeah. on a horizontal screen. That's true. And I guess um, if they wanted to get prints, uh, that would be a bit difficult. I guess you can you get prints, widescreen prints? Yeah, yeah, well, you can. I mean, uh, of course you can. But like, it, uh, what I do is 
like what what I actually just doing lately, and this changes all the bloody time, you know. Like where um, you see, if you're given, uh, I find if you give a client fifteen hundred images in a gallery like that, it can be, you know, I I tend to just give them too much, you know. It's like here, have it all. If you're not blinking, you can have it. Uh, <laughs> if it has merit, it's you can have it, and you can decide what you like and you can decide what you don't like. Um, but what I've been doing lately is I uh, sort of say taking. Um, like those best 250 images and uh, I, I create a preview in the gallery so that if they ever go onto the gallery they're going to get like the a good synopsis of the day in those in the first few scrolls basically and uh, uh, yeah. and sometimes what I do is I, I give the client as well the, those black and white files so the, 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 the files that I use to make the slideshow uh, actually people often ask for them they go yeah I bet they do them. And no problem here throw them in on the gallery and, and they, they you know they get them printed or do whatever they want yeah. that's really cool Ben it's great to hear about your workflow as well and how because we all do things so differently don't we which is it's all good fun it's always good to hear about that but that honestly people listening now do head to uh, this podcast episode on this reportage.com I'll include the individual award that Shane spoke about and that story walk so I think it's so good honestly it's so good and it's not just because it's in that format um, just every image has just got a different kind of moment in it so yeah, man, so good. It's really Thanks. great. I, I still don't know what, what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, I must look it up in, in a bit. But I, I might actually start playing again with, with 16.9 and uh, see how it goes. I'll throw a few in for the crack. Yeah, well, I think so. I think you've won maybe an, an individual award or two at 16.9 as well, I think. Not just a story, I think, from the top of my head, but... Anyway, all good. It's all good. All good. Um, let's go on to um, when, where we very briefly met, actually, which was at the very first Doc Day um, back in, it was 2020, wasn't it? It was just before, just before pandemic. Yeah, that's right, Jen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you enjoy that experience? You know, um, you were great, great talk. Were you nervous? You didn't seem nervous. Uh, yeah, I'm fucking nervous now, for Christ's sake. Um, no, you don't sound it at all. I, I look, you know yourself. Uh, like, I won't listen back to this podcast, put it that way, you know. <laughs> Will you really not? Will you? Oh, really? No way. No way. No way. It's like, it just, oh, you're uh, so good, man. It's great. It's, it's like, yeah, it, it's, I, I did enjoy it. I did. Uh, and uh, I was delighted to be asked you know by Annie and Kevin to do it like and um I you know I, I guess like I, I I just you want to impart or inspire to some degree you know impart knowledge you know uh or, or be useful uh to be when you're up there and it's so and uh, you know you try to be different but not too different and you're trying to be true to yourself and uh so so yeah it, it was nice to do and it was it was nice to be, it was nice when it's over. <laughs> oh yeah, I get that. I get that. Oh, but you were so good, man. So good. Um, did, was it some, did you work on it like weeks in advance or was it like, cause do you know what? I find it even, I get nervous even when rehearsing to do a talk, you know, I'm literally nervous when I'm rehearsing. I don't know about you. The, yeah, it's, I know I, uh, I don't rehearse uh, actually at all. Uh, <laughs> That's probably the best way. That's good. Uh, I don't, uh, but like what happened there was, um, uh, like I've done a, a couple uh, of these before. I remember uh, uh, my um, great friend Jay Doherty um, oh, yeah. in, uh, in Donegal. He asked me to uh, to come and speak at Learning to Fly, and that's basically was I think that was the first one that I did. So I remember I had about a year 
to, to prepare. So what I was doing then, like in the evenings, I was sitting down, like if I was editing a wedding, I, I might uh, think of something that I could say and I'd make a cue card. And then like six months later, I had this like huge stack of cue cards and it was like, right, let's try and make something interesting out of this. And uh, and I think that what happened then was I ended up tweaking it a little bit then. And, uh, and I, yeah, so uh, like if you're speaking like, summer next week i'm sure you're going to just you're hardly going to start from scratch are you no that guess that's true that is true, that is true. It's like, you know, so well i mean maybe you are but like i i it's like well how do you do it like what's your have you any tips for me oh gosh no man i don't know <laughs> no i never i never know what i'm going to be doing until i always start like about a week beforehand and then just panic and oh i don't it's know it's like would you stand up and like yeah, I do do. I do that. I do. Yeah. Did you not do that at all then? then? No. Well, you couldn't tell at all. You were so smooth. Thank you. Jesus. Uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think that I, I remember seeing somewhere before like that um, the the key to people enjoying a presentation is the speaker enjoying themselves. That makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. So if you're enjoying yourself, they're enjoying themselves. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's true. That's true, isn't it? And I do enjoy it once I start as well. I do enjoy it, don't you? Yeah, but but that was great. That was a that was a, a great conference. I don't know how would you even describe it. Like it was brilliant. I just it was enjoyable and great to see people. And of course, again there this year. Uh, I don't I don't think I got to talk to you this year now. But uh, no, I didn't see you this year at all. I would have. I could. I would have because I had my little microphone with me as well. Could I should have oh. interviewed you again. I would have avoided you then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> are you going again uh, next year? Oh yeah, ah, yeah. It's it's nice. It's a nice time of year. It, it's just great to go and catch up with people and and uh, and in fairness, like watching that go from strength to strength the way that it is, you know, it's brilliant. You know, like I mean, Annie and Kevin deserve out of the out of her. Yeah, totally. It's magic what they've created there. It really is. It's awesome. And yeah, and on listening now, I think um, they've sold something like seventy five percent already. They sold like almost that much within the first week, I think, for next year. So there are still uh, some tickets left now because they moved to a bigger venue. So there are some more tickets available. Really do recommend uh, booking in for next year. It's a, a super lineup as well, and it's just people are just so nice, aren't they? It's such a friendly, warm atmosphere. It's so cool. Yeah, exactly. And and just your ah, uh, I mean, you even get like. I suppose it's 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 geared towards photographers, but you get a lot of videographers going too, you know, and it's uh, and it's great because like like I don't see many photographers. I I see all videographers, and uh, uh, it's it's like they're kind of my buddies in the industry more than anyone, I guess, because uh, yeah, that's true. It's nice to see them show up and, uh, and and hang out with them as well, you know. Yeah. Oh, that is cool, isn't it? How it attracts so many videographers as well then. Yeah, kind of universal. That is true, isn't it? How we don't actually meet up with photographers when in our actual job. You know, we have to do that separately, but we do see videographers. Yeah, that's true. How many, How what kind of percentage of your weddings have videographers, do you think? Uh, funny, about 50-50, I'd say. Um, wow, that's a lot, man. For me, it's only about 5% of my weddings have videographers. Really? Wow. Yeah. Um, that's, um, my jaw is on the floor here. <laughs> Um, I wonder why that is is it I, I just I don't know what that is actually I wonder why it is yeah yeah I mean there's different ways to analyze it, isn't it really uh like I, I find people either get a videographer when they're getting a photographer or uh, a panic last minute purchase uh, mm. to throw them in like or maybe pressure from somebody was saying 
oh I wish I had a video of my wedding and so on like that yeah and like, oh, I don't know I mean it's a uh, yeah, it, it, but look, one second of video it gives away so much more than, you know, one single capture can, you know, you can... Oh, really... don't say that to your prospective clients, though. It doesn't... <laughs> but it's true, like, they know, they know themselves, you know, like, yeah. it's, uh, it's uh, look, I, I mean, I had video of my wedding, so, and I'm glad that I had it. Um, oh, that's cool. I can see why someone would not want one, I, I, I could see why, you know, mm. uh, but... Yeah. At 50-50 compared to 5%, that's crazy. It's very different, isn't it, actually? Yeah. Have you ever had, is everyone, all the videographers that you work with all been cool? Have you ever had any nightmares? Uh, no, not really. Ah, look, you get the odd one or two, you know, you might get, like, you know, the odd newbie who just, you know, they don't, like, have the protocol about them. And, yeah. You know, mm. Protocol is a fucking horrible word to use, but, you know, <laughs> when you're, they're, like, they're just in their own zone and they're thinking of their own shot. And that is absolutely fair. I, I get on with everybody all vendors it's good I love it when there's a videographer there that you can have if you're staying for dinner or for dancing particularly that you can have uh, you know dinner with someone and have a chat and, yes. and uh, so yeah you know it's good no, it's true there are definitely pluses yeah and then like you the vast majority that I've worked with have been lovely I think I'm a nightmare for videographers because I shoot so close to the 25 mil you know for like 80% of the time and I, obviously I'm always aware of them and I'm trying not to be in the shot but I'm also conscious that I need to, you know I, I, I need to get these shots that's why the couple have hired me but then there is that still part of me that doesn't shoot as freely as I would do if there wasn't a videographer because you just try not to be in their way do you know what I mean do you feel like that on the day yeah, you're very polite. I'm, I'm, I would be very, very like that as well. Like, I mean, there was, um, like, even at the weekend, there was, uh, I was working with a lovely guy at the weekend, but I remember uh, during the ceremony that he set a, he put a tripod on, uh, on, like, the aisle. And uh, I remember going, you know something, rather than trying to work around it or stay low, uh, there was a balcony. So I just ran up to the balcony and got the shots from there. And actually yeah, the yeah. shots turned out better than if I had shot down low, you know, so. Oh, that's cool. It worked out then. So, so yeah. it does. It, like it's, But I'm with you on that one. I know uh, for sure if there's no videographer there, you don't have to, you can just totally shoot free. Um, but mm. uh, it's, so you, are you that close to your, what did you say? 25 mil lens? Is that what you? Yeah. 25, like, like for 80%. So I shoot with a 25 and 85, uh, never change lenses, but the vast majority I shoot at a 25. Yeah. So um, tell me what, what, uh, what kind of, what make is that? Like oh, so, uh, Sony. So I was using a 24 mil when I was on the Canons, but it's like a 25 mil Batis on the Sony. So no. Oh, yeah, all right. Okay. Uh, and there's Batis. Are they the, are they the autofocus ones? I started. It does autofocus, yes, man. I wouldn't be able to do it manual focus. That'd be so bad, yeah. But yeah, I, I know, like I, I have one Zeiss lens here. It's it's a one hundred mil macro, uh, oh, cool. and it's beautiful. It's it's just like the nicest color rendition of any lens I've ever had. But it's manual focus, so it's it's never getting used. But uh, mm. I do like Zeiss lenses, I have to say though, and uh, um, yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense now. Yeah, actually, because so you just shoot with two all day long. Yeah, do you have like a like, you know, 7200 in the bag, right? And for I don't know. No. So I've got backup lenses in the bag, but I never use them. I literally, I've never actually taken these lenses off, I think, since having the two Sonys. Yeah, I just shoot with those two lenses the whole day. Jesus, wow. Okay. I, I, I funny, I, I was 24 and 85 for years. And just uh, about three years ago, I, I went from 24 to 28. Okay. And, uh, the difference is made. It's just it's my go-to lens for life now. But I went from eighty-five to fifty, uh, so I have this twenty-eight fifty combo now as well. And 
yeah, I, I, I sometimes I miss the old 85, I have to say. It just, I, yeah. But I'm I'm tempted to, pl- to play with the fifty, to be honest. Um, so I'm never in love with the eighty-five stuff. I mean, it it's practical, and I can't be so close. But I think maybe you know, maybe I'm the opposite of you. I want to try go go to fifty. I think I don't know. Yeah, it's it's funny because like uh, when I start shooting a wedding, I find like that uh, there's two kinds of client, and one like you can tell pretty quickly if this is going to be a twenty-eight mil wedding or if this is going to be a fifty mil wedding. <laughs> uh, and I prefer the 28. Um, uh, it's just by natural kind of go-to, I guess, you know, 50 is not bad, don't get me wrong. Um, but like sometimes the, the problem with the 50 is that you have to get too close with it, I guess. I don't know. It's kind of, I'm still trying to properly figure it out, I guess. Like, I mean, I, I, I really like the 50 mil, but I don't want to absolutely love it, if that makes sense. But yet I'm not going back to 85, so... I think maybe it's all natural as well for people like us that have been doing it for quite a long time that we start to, I don't know, want to try different things or go back to something we used before. That's all natural, isn't it, in life, I think, as well. Yeah. And I was going to ask you, actually, Shane, because you have been in the industry, you know, quite a long time, um, which is awesome. Have you... Have you noticed much kind of change in the industry over the, you know, from when you began to now? And do you have any, I don't know, tips or thoughts or advice that people have been in the in the for quite a while and maybe are a bit, I don't know, feel a bit stagnant or feel like they've hit a wall with their creativity or it's where their career is at? I know that's a big question, but yeah. yeah well, I mean, like on that one, say, um, I, I mean, I I struggle with mirrorless, right? I can't just like, I mean, I have mirrorless cameras there and uh, I, I um, but I just, when you pick up the camera to your eyes and, and, and like you have this EVF and it just trips me up. What I would love to do is I'd love to go on a wedding someday with somebody where I have no responsibilities and just play with that because the advantages of mirrorless are unbelievable, you know, like that they're small, lightweight, nifty, the focus is brilliant on them. And uh, so so maybe, you know, that that's something that someone could do. Like if you went on a wedding with somebody and had no responsibilities and just basically got to feckin' play and make mistakes all day long and see the something work. I mean, that would, that would be uh, some little bit of advice there. I guess I, I might take that advice myself. But, uh, yeah, do you ever do any second shooting? Um, no. No. <laughs> no, I get that. No, do I? I don't either. Uh, not really. No, I don't actually. I, 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 I'm not opposed to it. I mean, usually... Like if I have a Saturday off, uh, I try to keep that Saturday off, and that's probably the prime day to do a second shooting. So I'm like, I'm not working today if I have a Saturday mm-hmm. off. Uh, but um, but no, I, I'm not I'm not um, opposed to it. I must actually reach out to some more friends and see are, are, would they mind if I tag them on for a day or so. Well, you sound like you're very busy though as well with your own weddings, and we do need a bit of a break as well. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm busy, but <laughs> like. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I, I tend to procrastinate as well, so uh, we need to take that into consideration too. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that is really good advice, um, and it's something that could, you know, is, is very well. It should be pretty easy for people to arrange as well. Everyone's so friendly in our industry. So many people work with seconds all the time and want seconds. So it's something. Yeah, and, and and actually, like, yeah, need them, want them, have them all the time, and that's great. I mean, it's. Uh, but but if I can if I can get away without a second shooter, like I mean, even if I if it meant me starting an hour earlier or something like that, because uh, 
I, I just, I'm bloody control freak. I'm on a stay. <laughs> I keep the whole narrative to myself, you know, like, and, uh, but, you know, and maybe I should let that go too, because, um, I, I, uh, Aaron Daly is a, is a guy I work with quite a lot, uh, when I need a second shooter and he's absolutely brilliant. And he shows me other ways of doing things. Like, I mean, so maybe oh, that's I cool. Stop my ways, you know? Yeah, learn from each other. That's true. But but I'm like you, Shane. I have to say, I, I've literally never, never, ever had a second shooter ever. Sure. So, yeah, I just, I just something, I just doesn't, just something about it doesn't appeal to me. And no, I think I'm a, I'm an okay kind of nice person. I, I get along with people. It's not that side of it. It's just, I don't know. I think, I think honestly, I have to say, part of it for me is, is quite quite a big imposter syndrome and I feel like if I had someone else there at a wedding and they saw the way I work they'd be like what this guy doesn't have a clue what he's doing you know I think that is a, a fear factor for me about it to be honest yeah and it's very like frank even to say like that because it's not true you see your end uh, product and you know like that it doesn't matter whatever your process is to get there how it looks how it feels who cares? Your end, end product is brilliant, so that, that's all that matters. Oh, thank I, you. It's kind. Like that, if you brought a second shooter to uh, a wedding, often like I mean, if I was working say with Aaron, like that, he's covering groom prep, or like he's taking a completely different tack in the church. We're never together all day long. Like I mean, we're we're crisscrossing all the time, but we're never ever quite together. But uh, uh, like you could you can imagine like if maybe you were doing a bride prep in a small house and there was two of you there and it's like oh jesus god he's in the back of every photograph that you know yeah uh, that wouldn't be good <laughs> <laughs> that's also good to torment me you know like a... no i had that once with a videographer during a couple time bit uh, that they were always just behind the couple you know it's just so random like they were just in every shot so i do have a little my little prima donna thing now if there's a videographer is that i do ask for the couple time stuff i do just ask the couple if it can just be us without the videographer there and they have a separate session yeah, uh, I know that's a bit prima donnery, but it's just because I had such a bad experience that one time. So. Yeah, Jesus God, I know I, I I wouldn't have the balls now to ask for for that. <laughs> uh, it's like yeah, and actually I find what I do a lot more now as well is you know get a videographer who adds a vision themselves, like you know, like uh, and, and let them do their setups and see if there's anything that you can nick off them. You know, like uh, that is true. Uh, yes, <laughs> like it's you you kind of usually have a ten minute gap to to try and you know gather as much imagery as possible in those uh with those couple of shoots as possible so like uh yeah kind of put the onus and pressure back on them and it, but i guess you know and it often works out okay you know so yes no that is true that's so true <laughs> i've definitely piggybacked on the time when the videographer has taken the couple away like at a distance but yeah so that probably is a bit uh hypocritical uh, of me to be honest uh, there's, like, there's some videographers i work with and they're brilliant at it like i mean it's just because i'm like you I, i'm not the greatest at posing people i probably i'm probably overthinking it or i i i'm sometimes not the best at reading body language i'm looking at them and i'm saying oh god they're not enjoying this mm. where you look at the photographs afterwards and they're having a great time like what am i projecting internally here in that situation that makes me think they're not having a good time and often a videographer who just comes in and just uh, will take over in that situation and it just makes it so much easier for me and, and for us. Yeah, totally feel that. Yeah, totally get that. Um, Shane, just look down. We're like an hour and 10 minutes already. It's literally flowing though. It has. I've so enjoyed talking to you, man. You're so Super. good. It's so, no, oh, it's just so lovely talking to you. It really is. It really hey, is. Thanks, man. Um, so got can we, can we, have you still got time for, to, for one more question? 
Go first. Work away, Jesus. Okay, let's do it. Uh, let's do a big one. I, I ask it semi-often, but I think it's something that we all just want to hear from, and I think people would especially love to hear it from you. So, yeah, do you have any advice or top tips to help someone become better, you know, specifically at the documentary side of what we do? So, yeah, any thoughts, advice, just um, specifically about the documentary side? Just set nothing up. Simple. Yeah. I mean, just... Uh, uh, you know, I, I guess like that, um, uh, look, I mean, just to, I can only describe what I do and hopefully uh, someone can learn That's from this. perfect, yeah. I try to be, uh, you know, a, 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 a good presence on on the day, on the day of a wedding. I, I you know, I, I like to show up like a guest and be like a guest and let the day unfold as it unfolds, but I'm there um, and like just anything that's happening, uh, I, I just set nothing up. That's it. Like it's all captured, gathered. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's not so obvious. But uh, just yeah, just set nothing up. If you're setting nothing up, then it's a documentary photograph. So simple as that. Yeah, well, that's so true, though, isn't it? It is so true. And that's why the couples book you. They don't want to be, like, moved along into, like, better light or, you know, telling the makeup artist, or can you put the lipstick on again? That's not why they booked us. They don't want us to interfere. So, yeah. Yes, but you, you have, you've got to be a presence. You know, you can't, I, well, I couldn't picture myself showing up and just, you know, hiding behind a bush or not interacting or mm. anything like that like it, it, it a lot of it is just kind of you're like waiting for something to happen i guess but something will always happen that's the thing yes that's true yeah what are you like by the way on the day do you you know are you are you quiet or do you start conversations with people around you how are you yeah i, I i'm I'm it's probably a little bit of an alter ego, if anything, like where you're a bit more confident than you would be in normal life or not even like confident, but like I'd probably be a bit more reserved in, in my uh, in my normal day to day life. But I'm definitely active like uh, um, I, I the, the kind of the, what am I trying to say here now? I love it when I get an email from a client before they've seen any photographs saying you were great on the day and we loved having you and and that's like the success of it all for me like i mean like uh, um if they're happy with what i did without seeing a photograph then like that's where i want to be that's that's what i'm aiming to be and that's where we at i guess so uh, i don't even know if i'm answering your question there you are no you are it just comes from being a lovely person though as well i mean it's so so much you are and it's such an important side of what we do is just being with people and just by being nice you make people feel at ease and then you can get this the intimate natural captures as well so it's like you know and and i get it like and i hear anecdotally some stories about like uh you know other you know photographers and videographers and anyone even like who come along and they have a different way of doing things. And a lot of that though is maybe they feel pressure to deliver certain types of images. And, you know, it, it can be difficult to disguise that pressure, you know, uh, and they don't like, they're probably unaware that they're doing it, but I would be quite self-aware in that regard like that. I, I, I just want people to have uh, a good day. If they're having a good time, then I just hoover up all that. And that comes across in the images and, uh, you know, it makes it easier for me and for them. Yeah. 
They're all perfect, man. I love that. If they're having a good time, you just hoover up all the images. It's perfect. It is. It's so cool. It's cool. Oh, dude, honestly, thank you so much for talking to me today. I really, really enjoyed talking to you, man. It's, just, it's a shame we've not spoken that much in real life. It was only very briefly at Doc Day. So I'm looking forward to seeing you again in... Is yeah. it, God, I should know the date of it. I should know the date off the top of my heart. But it's next year. It's, it's like February... I think so yeah <laughs> if kevin and annie are listening to this now they're like oh al you should know this but yeah, yeah i know but, listen man no you, you listen you you're fantastic now uh great to talk to you keep up the good work i don't know how the hell you do it i mean like uh you know i have a few weddings and backlog here and i'm panicking over it and here's you you know taking running mini empires and you know, <laughs> oh thank you man i really appreciate that so just keep up the good work thank you thank you and thank you for being such a big part of it and and talking to me today it's awesome i'm looking forward to people listening to you um yes so man so i um all the best for your weddings ahead um and i will see you at doc day next year thanks again for today thanks and all the best bye-bye bye-bye you've been listening to the 133rd episode of the this is reportage podcast Shane was such a pleasure to chat to. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisisreportage.com for a link through to his website to see the brilliant reportage award he spoke about and also one of his story awards that's all in 16.9 format, which is just brilliant as well. We now have 133 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual award and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, such as our upcoming Christmas party in London on the December 11th, 2023. Remember that you must RSVP if you want to come along to that. Exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers and much more too. At the time of this episode going out, there's just a few days left to submit to our next awards round. The deadline is the same for both sites. Submit by 2359 BST on the 23rd of September 2023. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>